Hey, good morning, Grace family. Uh, well, we find ourselves in a very unique circumstance in this country, don't we? And these unprecedented times, of, and, and for many of us, this is impacting our lives in, in significant ways, both individually and certainly with our families. And uh, as the days progress, it seems like even in increasingly profound ways. And, and every day, you know, there have been new developments, new fallouts from this crisis that we're facing, and it could be dizzying. Uh, and even surreal, I think, as we step back, totally. you know, and just take a look at what's going on around us. Um, and for the time being, we as a church family are having to adapt uh, to this very fluid scene as best we can. And we talked about it in our previous video uh, a couple days ago. But uh, these adaptations have led us to suspend our large group gatherings uh, where we no normally meet in the sanctuary on Sundays and resulted in you getting this video from Dave and I uh, this morning. And um, and we're, let me just tell you, this is new territory for us. This is gonna be different. This feels different for us. Uh, we're not used to, either of us, used to being in front of a camera we'll like this. We'll just apologize up front, basically. <laughs> and being, uh, being uh, doing this kind of uh, format, but you know, we're gonna do our best and, uh, and we hope that you can bear with us and, as we work it out together. Um, but what our goal here really uh, is to do more than just simply say, keep calm and carry on. Like the British World War II motto that we're probably all familiar with. Our goal really here is to draw our attention and our hearts to God. Uh, that we might look to Him, that we might uh, look to Him for our peace, for our comfort, for encouragement and strength in this time. Uh, we are witnessing troubling developments. Uh, but Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. And so today what we want to do is take you to two passages, one in the Psalms and one in Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles, uh, please take them. And if you don't have your Bibles, we encourage you to, to hit the pause button and, and go grab them. And uh, we're going to start in Psalm 46. And I'm going to read the entire Psalm for you. And I'll do that right now. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. His lift, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear he burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Such a good psalm. So good. So I was thinking the last time we taught this psalm on a Sunday was 
I think it was a week before the general election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Oh, wow. That was another time where it felt like things felt a little precarious for many of us. Right. So here we are in a very different situation. Um, very famous opening line, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And that's really what we want to remind all of us about today, that he is our help in this trouble. And what I love about the psalm is it, it goes on to describe two very different scenes. So scene one is verse two through three. It talks about the earth giving way and the mountains falling into the heart of the sea and its waters roaring and foaming and the mountains quaking. And really it's a picture of, of chaos going on all around you. You just have to imagine like if the, if the mountains were just thrown into the sea or a, a worldwide flood came and just engulfed the whole land. And it's really a description of of the creation account of, of what the creation was before God brought order into it. Genesis 1-2, the earth was formless and void and, and, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And it's just this picture of, of chaos. And it's really this, this good physical metaphor for what life sometimes feels like. When things are turned upside down, when we feel like we're flooded with all of these circumstances and inundated by things that are out of our control. And really that's what we're experiencing right now. Um, this virus has really turned things upside down and for some of us the virus itself and concern for our health is causing a lot of fear and for others of us it's it's more everyone's reactions to the virus and all the lifestyle changes that are taking place the economic implications the financial implications uh, very personal for many of us uh, that creates a lot of anxiety and it feels like everything's been turned upside down and so the temptation is to fear but then the psalm goes on to describe scene two, which is such a different scene. In verse four, it says, There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God's within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. So the second scene is what the psalmist calls the city of God. They might be thinking of ancient Jerusalem at the time. We might think of God's kingdom. And it's a completely different scene. In this scene, you have a river. You don't have a flood. You just have this river. It's serene. It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's, it's watering the land and bringing life. And uh, there's peace and joy. And it's this reminder to us that whatever is going on in the kingdoms of the world, that God's kingdom is in no way threatened by this. God is certainly not threatened by this. He's not up there having to get off his throne, pacing back and forth, wringing his hands, trying to figure out what's my response to the coronavirus going to be, <laughs> right? Um, right. He's, he's there. He, he is in this. This is, his kingdom is not threatened by this. And at the same time, we want to acknowledge the reality that this is a fallen world. A couple weeks ago, we were in Romans 8. And we talked about the creation is groaning because of sin and longing for its release. This is part of that groaning. And so we groan as well as we have to endure this, that those are real realities. But at the same time, we want to remember God's kingdom is not threatened. Uh, and the reason is, is, of course, that he's in complete control. He's not out of control. And that's what, if you look at verse 8 through 9, it talks about, come see what the Lord has done. Verse 9, he makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. Basically, wars happen, and God can step in and just stop war anytime he wants. He can make war cease like that. He's in total control. And so he's not anxious. And the great thing is this God who is on his throne, who is in total control, is not just a God who remains up there, kind of immune to this whole thing, distant, watching on, but he is with us. And really that is the good news of this psalm that is repeated twice. Look at verse seven. 
the Lord Almighty, that Almighty God is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He repeats it in verse 11. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That God who is on his throne, who is peaceful, who is in control, isn't aloof, isn't just distant, but he is always with his people, available as our shepherd and our king to help us. And so the psalm ends with this invitation, and I would love to hear your, your thoughts on it, mm. uh, verse 10, which I think is probably the best words we can hear uh, this morning. Verse 10, he says, this is God speaking to his people now, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That is the invitation. Be still, know that I'm God. Mm. That's such good stuff. Yeah. So good. You know, it's funny. I mean, many of us are super familiar with this psalm. Heard it a million times. But yep. but reading it in the context of our current state yeah. right now, it just has so much more rich meaning and totally. power and relevance. I love it. How apropos yeah, totally. uh, this psalm is. And what, what great words, uh, good news to our souls. You know, I've been thinking about just whatever... How, however bad our circumstances may be um, and how bad they might get, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's no there's no guarantee that this is probably, they say, going to get a lot more worse than it before we, we see kind of the light of day through this. And But God's got this. Yeah. God's, God's got this. He is in control, as you say. But what I was kind of thinking about this morning is not that just he's in control, but he is in control and he's for us. Yeah. Which is like a yeah, a distinction. A big distinction. Yeah. You know, that's that's the comfort, right? I mean the comfort is that he is for us. That we we, we may acknowledge his his all powerfulness and, and that he's in control. But if he's not for us, that's just simply frightening. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, how, what good is that yeah. to us kind totally. of a thing? But he is our refuge. He is our strength. And and there it is. I mean that's that's the thing. So therefore we can rest. Um He's got things in hand, mm -hmm. and he has us in hand. Uh, and so that's why he can be our refuge. That is just so, so good. And now here's the thing. I think if we follow through, when we live our lives with that kind of confidence, uh, that he's in control and that we are in his hands, what it does is that we can sort of not worry about ourselves mm -hmm. like these kinds of crises can tend to do, mm -hmm. right? We can go beyond ourselves. We can go beyond ourselves because God is control, because God is our refuge, and then we can move towards others. Yeah. And, you know, we've all seen this happening all around us in the stores, you know, walking in there and seeing where is all the toilet paper? Where is all the med medical supplies? Uh, shelves are empty. People are freaking out, um, making a run on supplies of sorts, supplies that might otherwise have not been a problem or right. been threatened, but the panic creates the crisis, sure. as you mentioned, and, and people get scared and and look out for number one, and it's every man for himself, and it's kind of dog-eat-dog -dog kind of a thing. Their lack of trust and fear causes them to react in self-protection, self-protection. Uh, but as Christians, you know, we're called to, to do the opposite. We're called to look out for the interest of others, not mm -hmm. just our own. Um, and we can do that because we put our trust right. in God. Um, he's got this. He's got us. We can trust his provision in our lives. It doesn't mean that 
we're not going to go through difficulty. There may not be hard times, but we can still ultimately trust his provision in our lives and then move towards loving and serving others. And so that's really what it means to be salt and light. So uh, we're going to look at another passage. So uh, please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 5, and we're going to read just a couple verses here. Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16. So let's read together. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. So, short little passage. Verse 15, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, calling for wisdom in our daily lives. Uh, Peter says it this way. He says, be alert and sober-minded. So I think there's a sober-mindedness, a level-headedness that we're called to in situations like this. I loved your quote of the Rudyard Kipling If poem on Sunday. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. And really, that's what we're being called to, this discernment, wisdom, level-headedness. And then there's this phrase in verse 16 that I love. He says, making the most of every opportunity. Literally in the Greek that this was written in, it says something like buying up the time. And the idea is time is this thing that we have and we, we want to buy it up. We want to we take advantage of it. We want to make the most of the time. And the Greeks had different words for time. And Paul uses a very interesting word for time here. So you have chronos as a word for time. And chronos time is measured time, or we think of it as clock time, mm -hmm. length of time. Mm -hmm. um, if I asked you what chronos is right now, you would say, oh, it's 930. But then they had another word called kairos. And kairos refers to a quality of time. It's, it's a moment that is pregnant with a particular meaning or potential or possibility. I call it a, a propitious moment or an opportune time. So I would use chronos when I say things like, I think it's time I make some changes in my life. Right? This is a season where it feels pregnant with new possibilities. Or even, you know, we're moving into March and we'd say, it's springtime. We're not just referring to the three months that are coming, but spring carries with it all these, you know, they evoke certain meanings and, and potentials. And Paul envisions all of our lives as Christians as these kairos moments, these moments that are pregnant with opportunity. And throughout church history, when there are challenges going on in the world, whatever those are, whether it's wars or, or famines or persecution, that those are challenges that have always provided God's people with these kairos moments mm -hmm. that are just pregnant with possibility. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where we wanted to leave you all this morning is to be thinking about what are the kairos moments that are, that are embedded in this challenge? What, what are the opportunities for us to be the people of God? How is God inviting us into some really fresh, creative things that we wouldn't otherwise do if life were just going on. So we wanted to leave you just with, with three really obvious possibilities, kairos possibilities that we envision for all of God's people. Yeah, that, that question you were kind of pointing to is, is it maybe time to make a change, for instance? You know, uh, change for many of us, most of us, has been forced upon us. Yeah. Right? I mean, we right. can't... We can't meet on Sundays together uh, for for a bit. Uh, our our pace has changed. Our kids have been, 
the schools have closed down, the universities have closed down, now they're home, now what are we going to do? Uh, uh, this can't concert, our conference, or whatever it is, was canceled, and now, you know, shoot, I'm home for the weekend, you know, and you have all these changes that have changed our schedules, our lives in, in various ways. Our time. So the question I think for us to really consider is, man, is this something I could take advantage of in a cool way? Yeah. Right? I mean, what what could we do? Could I slow down actually? Mm -hmm. Could I could I live my life differently for the good of my soul? You know, that that's a great question to ask. Um, this might give us the opportunity to just exhale to yeah. to uh, reflect to rest uh, many of us need rest to enjoy simple pleasures pleasures that we might like have always loved mm -hmm. but never found time to give ourselves to or for whatever reason reading that book you know by the fire you know whatever uh, getting the family together oh my gosh you know we don't have to run the kids off to practice or totally. games because they're all shut down so our kids are home why don't we do something cool together as a family mm -hmm. a family game night or just have, sharing a meal around the table, whatever it might be. That's good. Um, you know, we don't have to go to Netflix and binge watch that that show <laughs> and get you know five seasons in right. one week or whatever. We can actually do some soul refreshing, life giving things. So let's use this time mm -hmm. to live more simply. Yeah, you know, so good. just unhurried, being more present, more present to our family, more mm -hmm. more present to our friends and and more present to ourselves, yeah, really, you know? And, and we may, I think what we may find in this calm is gratitude and joy. Hmm. I think mm -hmm. we will, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, which sounds crazy yeah, in, in right. the midst of, you know, uh, my bank account's half as much as it was last week, you know, whatever it is. But I think we're gonna find some gratitude and, and joy. And even more, I think we're gonna find God in this. Yeah, I agree, it's good. Yeah, so that's one opportunity is just to slow down. We're being forced to slow down. What a novel concept. Hmm. What a what a life-giving hmm. reality. Uh, second opportunity that also the time affords, this is so obvious, but is the opportunity to pray. Um, it's amazing to me how often we work through these things and think through these things and don't actually stop to, to pray. And, and Paul's formula is always, whatever anxieties you are experiencing, let the anxiety turn into prayer. Don't be anxious about anything, right? But in everything through prayer, with thanksgiving, with gratitude, present your requests. And so let's let the anxiety actually be a trigger to move us towards prayer. And there's so many things we can be praying for. Of course, we can pray for our nation, right? Um, I was just reading this morning that uh, the president has declared tomorrow, well, this will be, we're, we're filming this on Saturday, but so this morning is a national day of prayer. Mm. So let's spend the day praying. We can be praying for our nation. Mm -hmm. Of course, we can be praying for the nations. Mm -hmm. um, we can be praying for our leaders. And we are commanded in Scripture to pray for our leaders. I bet many of us feel funny praying for our leaders sometimes, but they need such wisdom and discernment and unity right now. Mm -hmm. And so we, we can be praying from our president mm -hmm. through all the way down to the local level. Mm -hmm. Many of us know our local leaders, so we can be praying for them. Um, of course, we can be praying for our loved ones. And every one of us has a number of faces in mind when we think about this crisis that feel like they are particularly at risk. Mm -hmm. And so rather than just be anxious, this is an opportunity to be in regular prayer for them, to be reaching out to them. Um, yeah. And then I think we want to be praying that God's church would be activated mm -hmm. through this, right? And that's, I know you're going to make, you're going to mention that, but, um, yeah. 
that this is an opportunity for God's people to step up and love. And so we can be praying for that. And then I think there's also just your own personal prayer that there's an opportunity to go deep with God because every one of us are, are triggered in some way by this. This is stirring things in us. Mm-hmm. And it's revealing where's my confidence? What, what really is the pain point for me? Is it the finances? Is it the fear? Is it the frustration of people's reactions? Like what, you know, where, where am I finding hope? Mm-hmm. What, is, and what is this revealing mm-hmm. about my heart? And we all have stuff that is revealing. And what a great opportunity just to take to go deeper with God and not to try to cover that, but actually what a wonderful, fresh invitation. Lord, I'm seeing things about myself. Um, Peter talks about trials as being for the testing and refining of our faith. And so you begin to see where are the impurities, where, right. you know, where, where right. are the, the false uh, attachments. And what a great opportunity to say, God, I didn't know this about myself. It's not, I'm seeing things. and. But I just want to invite you into this. There's, there's good work to be done here. And I, I think, you know, speaking as a parent, what an opportunity, and you mentioned being with the family, what an opportunity to bring our kids into a, into a moment and to disciple them, and not in a preachy way, mm-hmm. I think, but just really invite them into our own process in a way that is vulnerable, but that gives them confidence and faith mm-hmm. in how we're going through this, how we're trusting in God, and to be praying as families together. Yeah, no, it's so good. I, I love that idea. And, you know, we talked about opportunities to love. Yeah. And, and, and to think about ways in which that love and generosity can be expressed. You know, I was driving in this morning to, to, for us to do this, and uh, I was animated. <laughs> I was. I mean, this, for some reason, this crisis is animating me. And part of it is God uses these times. Totally to activate his church, right? Remember when the, the, the early church was gathered together and they'd like to be huddled in their own yeah, little right. place and then God brought persecution and yeah. you need to get out yeah. of your comfort zones and get out among the nations and that's how the gospel spread. And so in, in our own little way, you know, I think this these kind of things can, can happen. My phone has been, I'm sure yours has too, my mm-hmm. phone's been blowing up, but it's been blowing up not with people who are panicking, yeah, this is within our church community. Right. But people are saying, "How can I help? Mm-hmm. I've got some ideas." Mm-hmm. I'm like so stoked to like let's get in on that. Yeah, and totally. and I think we're gonna have some really interesting opportunities to talk about here soon of how we can mobilize our church. And I this is mobilized. I've already seen it yeah. starting to mobilize us. So. It's really good, just getting out of our little safe cocoons and loving others. Mm-hmm. And and maybe even it might find some of us putting our way in harm's way in mm-hmm. order to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's the history, Christians down through history have done that, and, and that has been an incredible witness to mm-hmm. to the Lord. So, um, so let's be people who look beyond ourselves. Let's be people who live wisely. You know, in fact, Colossians 4, let me read it to you. Colossians 4 says this, says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. It's just perfect. Yeah. So think of the spirit of the current environment that so many people are feeling and experiencing right now. Then think of the power and influence of a non-anxious presence, <laughs> totally. <laughs> a non-angry presence, yes. a non-frustrated presence, yes. someone who is settled and level-headed and kind and gracious. Man, those aren't mm. simply good postures; like those are opportunities. 
Amen. So good. So that's really what we wanted to share with you this morning. Uh, we'll be doing this every Sunday morning for the next couple of weeks. And so what we'd love for you to do now, you might be watching this on your own or with your family or maybe even with some other families and friends. Um, we'd love for you to turn to some discussion questions. You know, we've you've got a link there that just connects you with just a couple simple discussion questions. So have a conversation together and then spend some time praying together. I think that's really important. Today is a national day of prayer. So we'd love to see you uh, be able to just pray with one another. And I'd say, even if you're just listening to this by yourself, those discussion questions, you could journal about those and just process those. Really, really good thing to process yourself. So good to be with you in this different way for us. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll just keep going as this unfolds and wish we could have the Owen brothers and the crew uh, lead you in some worship. Mm. We don't have that, but I would love to leave us with a benediction. Mm. Uh, this is from Paul in 2 Corinthians 13. You'll be familiar with it. So I'll leave you with this. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.